Culture change through lean for local government. Developing a culture focused on continuous improvement and lean thinking as a way of working has enabled local government organisations to discover and implement new and innovative ways to drive efficiencies, enhance employee engagement and increase the quality of service provided to the citizens they serve. With the recent COVID-19 pandemic and the challenges it has posed, the need for efficiencies and citizen confidence in how tax money is spent is even more prevalent. This podcast series highlights the key success factors in developing a culture of continuous improvement in local government, as well as the main challenges involved. We speak with a number of practitioners from municipalities across Canada, as well as leading edge groups lean from municipalities expert, Callie Woodward. On this week's episode, we're speaking with Lisa Brandt, Senior Organisational Development Specialist at the Town of Whitby. Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about yourself to begin with, about the town of Whitby and your role at the town. Sure, yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, I am the Senior Organisational Development Specialist. That is a very long title. Um, I usually tell people, you know, it's complicated. Don't worry too much about that. Um, For a short time, I actually started off as a generalist in human resources, uh, but very quickly sort of found my niche in organizational development. Um, I've been at the town of Whitby for two and a half years. Prior to that, I was at the city of Oshawa in a similar role towards the end of my tenure in Oshawa, um, but I did do some generalist work there and some project management for HR. Uh, Funny enough, I actually started off in biological sciences in a pre-vet med at school. (laughs) So an odd turn. Um, I did go into sort of street sciences and then to human resource management. And now I've circled back to psychology. Uh, So it's kind of a funny journey, really, with school and career. But uh, I am very passionate about organizational culture, growth and transformation. So the the educational journey kind of makes sense when you consider all of those things. Uh, and it works out really well because the town of Whitby actually is a municipality experiencing a tremendous amount of growth and transformation right now. So it, it did feel like a really good fit. So maybe you could speak to a little bit about how your own continuous improvement journey began, because it certainly sounds like you've touched on a lot of different areas of organizations and aspects of industry there. And how has continuous improvement or lean concepts, how have they affected your career to date? Yeah, I, you know, I funnily, I think of myself as kind of a behind the scenes warrior, (laughs) but I I do spend a lot of time, uh, most of my time actually in change and transformation and in a role like that. Uh, I spend a lot of time working to build capacity in an organization and increase its effectiveness. So you kind of do that through many different means. Continuous improvement is one of those for sure, a key lever. And it's sort of interesting because I, I was always kind of doing it in my career. I just didn't really have a name for it. Uh, the major pivot for me was about six or seven years ago when I did green belt training. That really uh, lean green belt training, for those of you that might not be familiar, that really gave me the language and the tools to both accelerate continuous improvement and also scale up my effort, right? And really begin to grow the mindset on a corporate basis versus looking at them as, you know, increments or small process improvements along the way. Um, and I loved it. I still do love it. So CI and lean to me, they're so simple, but not at all easy at the same time. So there is, you know, it's complicated. The concepts are simple when you, when you go through the toolbox, it's, it's simple when you look at it, but in terms of actually implementing it and using it, you know, like any change, it's not necessarily easy to do. 
Uh, and when you spend most of your time working in a change role like I do and working on transformation and trying to increase effectiveness of people and teams in an organization, you need those CI tools in the toolbox. There's no way to sort of shift culture and create capacity and improve effectiveness if you're not looking at process and looking at value-added work and looking at the customer service experience. So it, it really is a key lever for me, for sure, in my role. At the town of Whitby, your your role as senior organizational development specialist is actually based within the human resources department. Could you speak a little bit to, as to why that's successful from a continuous improvement standpoint? And you mentioned culture there and culture and continuous improvement go so much hand in hand. Is that the way the structure is usually created in municipalities? And would that be similar or different to your previous experience, say, at the city of Oshawa? Yeah, um, organizational development typically resides in human resources. Um, Continuous improvement is part of that bucket in some municipalities. Others have um, like a project management office or they actually have a full separate CI function. Um, I've seen it both ways. And I've also seen some, you know, OD work for short OD work outside of HR as well in like a strategic initiatives department. Um, and, and also in project management. My role in HR, especially with where the town of Whitby is, um, and we're really focusing on foundation, makes a lot of sense because you have the ability to influence policy, um, programming, things like talent management, where we're really looking at individuals in an organization and sort of scaling that up into a system. Um, and then definitely to your point, culture, like anything in terms of transformation, evolution, and change, you can't do those things if you don't define the culture first. And HR is definitely, um, I think, at the heart of culture, right, and really sort of sets the tone and the pace for um, making sure all of those people systems and organizational systems are aligned to the culture we want versus the ones we have. And that is a really deliberate process. Uh, If we say we want, if we have a vision statement, for example, that looks different from where we are today. Well, we have to define the behavior that is driving that vision and then help people, you know, scale up and become that type of worker, that type of employer, interact that way so that we are actually taking those deliberate steps towards becoming that organization. Um, and I think continuous improvement is the same. If we say we want to be a lean organization and we want to uh, design service delivery around customer needs and ensure our customers' experience is uh, top-notch, then the work we're doing and how we're doing the work looks differently. Um, so in my role, I'm really sort of distilling that down and trying to figure out, okay, what does that look like? How do we build that in? How do we skill people up? And how do we put the system in place that locks it in, right? So sort of the unfreeze, the refreeze process. Um, and, and that really that work really does, I believe, belong in HR. That makes a lot of sense. And from a continuous improvement journey standpoint, whereabouts is the town of Whitby in its journey? Were you brought on board to initiate a continuous improvement program or was there a program already in place? And following on from that, how would you identify some of the key influencers that led to continuous improvement becoming a tool for the town of Whitby? I was brought into the town of Whitby. My position was new um, and there was sort of a lot of work to do in that bucket. There had never been organizational development um, at that point. So, and at the same time, the town was implementing its first corporate strategic plan. Um, So when I stepped in at the town of Whitby, 
Uh, part of my role was looking at HR and internal HR um, systems and processes and where organizational development fit into there. So things like talent management and culture um, and policies and programming and learning and development. And then part of my role was looking at that new corporate strategic plan and partnering with the business to implement that. So taking a look at it, figuring out, okay, what are the behaviors that we need in place and what's the culture that we need? What are the systems and the programs that get us to become that organization that we're saying we're striving to become? In that corporate strategic plan, uh, continuous improvement is identified. One of our pillars, um, we call them strategic priorities, is called organization. And in that organization, you know, we have defining clear um, service levels, designing services around customer needs. And then we have another pillar that is focused on customer, right? So you can really see the CI lens is, is built in there and, and kind of organically and also very explicitly. Uh, as I mentioned before, the town is experiencing growth, big, like big, big growth. <laughs> so uh, the community we serve is growing and it's also changing, right? So we're seeing that across all the municipalities is that we're diversifying in our population. Um, and the newer generations, they're used to having a different service at their fingertips, uh, that instant service that government um, maybe is a little bit behind the eight ball on. Uh, but, you know, we're no different than a private business. They had that figured out pretty early on and they modernized to deserve those or to design customer service around what they were looking for and what the experiences they wanted. And government, I think, especially at the local level, like Whippy is, we have to change too. So we need to. Um, look at ways to modernize. And unfortunately, most are really challenged with capacity. Our community grows and grows and grows and our residence base grows and our customer base grows and our staff complement doesn't necessarily grow alongside that. Um, so we need to find ways um, to build capacity to ensure that we can meet those service levels and the greater expectations. Well, if you're experiencing that much growth, you must be doing something right in Whitby because you're certainly attracting a lot more customers. Whitby is a wonderful place to live and it's a wonderful place to work. And we have amazing parks, amazing recreation and amazing. We have two downtowns, believe it or not. Um, so it is a really beautiful place. So there's, there's definitely no question why it's growing. It's just a matter of keeping up with the infrastructure of it, right? Absolutely. And so with that in mind, what were some of the first steps you mentioned about trying to identify and, and build talent and to build resources within the organization? What were some of the first steps you took in that in terms of identifying, say, likely candidates um, to bring through lean training programs or specific projects to focus on as a kind of learning curve for the organization? Uh, so I actually spent my first, I would say, six months probably at the town of Whippy. Um, doing what I like to call diagnostics. So really um, surveying and testing and interviewing and experiencing and trying to get a handle of where we were. Um, like I said, there was a new corporate strategic plan, which told me where we were going and where we wanted to be. So, you know, that was critical. If, like anything, if continuous improvement isn't identified in the strategy, you're going to have a really hard time pushing that P uphill. Um, we also had a really great executive sponsor on senior leadership who, I mean, she's very passionate about continuous improvement. And I would say that's probably critical factor number two, right, is, you know, first have that strategy in place. And then second, make sure you have that executive sponsorship um, who can really sort of hold the flag and, and, you know, remove barriers and make sure that there's the support in the organization that you need. 
And then from there, the diagnostic work really told me that we needed to focus on our culture first. So there are all kinds of programs, um, both for individuals and for teams and for the organization that we definitely had on um, the to-do list. But, you know, in discussions with the organization and the businesses and some of the leaders, we very quickly understood that to implement them ahead of getting that culture moving first, it wouldn't serve us. us. We, you know, you'd be putting things in place that just didn't have the system around it to actually be successful. Uh, so we spent probably, well, it's been about two, two years now focusing on culture, really, and culture alone. Um, we had core values identified in the corporate strategic plan, which really set the tone and the foundation for the culture. And we went to work on that. Once we had some momentum and we had that early majority. That's when I feel like you can really start to dive into some of those programs. Um, you know, you'll, you'll, you have that coalition sort of moving and, and rocking. And then once you start to build the programs in, you're doing that refreeze, right? So you're having those systems in place that lock in that new behavior, that lock in that new culture. Um, and that's when you really sort of start to see the way we do things around here is different. Um, so, you know, once we got to that point where we felt that momentum of the culture and we had that early majority, uh, we looked around and we built a coalition of people that uh, I felt had the natural continuous improvement mindset. I had the benefit of going around the organization for a year and doing training on our core values, the corporate strategic plan and culture. So I got to meet almost every single employee at the town of Whitby face to face, which was an amazing opportunity. And it really, they were small sessions I mean, at a max, I think we had maybe 35 people. So I did actually get to interact with everybody. And as I was going through, I, I was kind of noticing some names standing out. I'm like, okay, this person might be, you know, a great fit for CI down the road. Uh, so once we had that momentum, they all got a knock at the door, <laughs> um, you know, and we sort of articulated what we were looking to do and what we were trying to do and to see if they would be interested. Um, thankfully, all of them, we had it, I guess, right. They, they all were all in on that, which was wonderful. So after we had them sort of established, we brought them together. We talked about what the goals were for CI and uh, we put them in through training, in through Greenbelt training to ensure that they would be strong facilitators of lean. With COVID, that really got delayed. So we we're a little bit further behind than we wanted to be, but like everything else, I think right now, right? Um, so right now we are just sort of finishing up their training and then we'll be sort of activating them for lack of a better term uh, at that point. So I, I think, you know, having the right strategy, having the right leader, the right people in the right time is really, really important. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of the really crucial ingredients there at, at the town of Whitby. And I found myself and you've probably found it as well in your own interactions, specifically through human resources, that once people learn a little bit about lean and continuous improvement, that they become very passionate about it. What is it, do you think, about Lean and about CI that, that engages that passion and that brings people along with these programs? That's a great question. I think, you know, when we think about, you know, the right people, um, you can kind of see that, that pilot light on, right, beforehand. And, you know, they have that problem-solving mentality. They have that sort of drive to improve things. And they're usually really focused on the customer. And I think and customer experience more specifically. And I think once you 
equip them with lean and that tool, all of those things kind of merge together for them and it makes it easier. So, I mean, talk about things that drive you and then now all of a sudden you can do it in a lot easier way in a bigger scale. Uh, I can't think of anything more exciting from a work perspective, right? You tell me I'm going to get capacity, I'm going to do it better, and I'm going to bring more people along. Like, you know, having those right people, they very quickly see how this is going to benefit them, their teams, and the organization. And it spreads, doesn't it? That engagement and that energy spreads through through an organization and through teams. So in terms of your actual program, then it sounds like you're on the cusp of starting to roll out some of those initial projects. Have you aimed big? Are you being very selective about how you choose to initiate these first programs? Um, and have you seen any genuine successes or progress in the two years that you've been working with Whippy? When I got there, Lean had actually been done organically or ad hoc prior to the strategy, um, really putting a focus lens on it. So there were pockets of the organization that I would say had a primer. Um, they also had done, uh, you know, a white belt level. Uh, I believe it was to all of our leaders at the time, just to give them an understanding of what Lean was. So I didn't uh, come in brand new, no foundation. There, there was sort of some chatter around the organization. So, you know, when we had that early majority on the culture, we knew it was the right time to really sort of start folding CI into that transformation um, and really becoming a layer. I think when you're looking at continuous improvements, you know, our goal here at the town at least was always to be really focused, deliberate and go slow, um, recognizing that we were doing it simultaneously, that culture transformation, the implementation of the corporate strategic plan and so many other modernization projects. If you can imagine the external environment growing so quickly, so is the internal in terms of our systems and infrastructure. So people are experiencing a ton of change internally from a staff and a workforce perspective. We don't want to oversaturate them with new. (laughs) So I think, you know, being mindful of that and understanding and keeping a pulse on the organization and how much is enough and, you know, how far you push and then how far you sort of let it maintain and sort of grow organically is really important. So we picked projects that we felt, well, first we looked at, people that gave us a cross-section of the organization. So we have, um, I believe, 11 folks on our continuous improvement team, and they're very much a diagonal cross-section of the organization from frontline up to senior management. And they're not all necessarily people who have positional influence, but they are people with influence across the organization. And I think everyone's really familiar with who those people are, right? They, They have a way of just sort of getting in there and and making moves and making shifts and, and, you know, telling a story and having a bit of a vision, which is really important. So by having that natural cross-section of people, we ended up with a natural cross-section of projects too. So we looked for things that were um, both impactful, but also manageable. Uh, We wanted projects where people were going to get some wins behind them, Um, especially when they're just learning those new lean tools. (laughs) We don't want to bite off more than we do. We know There's those projects or processes in the organization that everybody would love to tackle, but talk about swallowing the elephant whole. Uh, We tried to stay away from some of those and focus on some of the the smaller ones that, you know, we could really practice skills and and get a feel for things before we start tackling some of the more intricate, complex systems. Um, And then I think having projects from all different areas of the organization 
is really important because it allows the organization as a whole to see the success. If you just focus in on, you know, one department or one organization and you get all kinds of improvement, that's great, but it's isolated there, right? Everyone else can't really feel it. They can't see it. They can't touch it. Um, so I think that was really important as well. Focus on those quick win processes where there's a little bit happening across the organization. So you're raising the bar all the way across. That's really interesting because I think often it would be tempting to try and tackle a large, very impactful project to begin with and try and engage people that way. But it it does seem to me like your approach probably makes a lot more sense in that you've got little bite-sized chunks and people are getting to interact with those changes as they happen rather than it being a presentation in six months time or something like that. That's a little less tangible, especially for frontline workers. Yeah, and I think it's important to know that lean, um, and I think this is a big misconception I faced at least um, when I talk to people, but I believe at least lean is very much about frontline. I think that's where the work happens. That's where the improvement is. So if it is going to be a management-owned process, it's likely going to struggle a little bit, right? You need to get it down on that frontline where they can touch it, they can see it, um, they can see the impacts it has and the improvements it makes for themselves and for their work. And I think that's when you really start to get that culture shift, right? And it's probably where the burden of inefficiencies fall as well. You know, it's a trickle-down effect of an inefficiency higher up in the organization is going to have a much more resonance with somebody on the front line. It's, it's probably taking up a lot of their day. Absolutely. So you mentioned that obviously COVID has set you back a little bit in terms of your progress this last year. I think everybody's probably felt that way, but did you find that Lean offered you any tools or resources that helped you manage the COVID crisis as a town? And has the Greenbelt training that your your teams have been working on actually influenced how they dealt with the the COVID-19 crisis? Yeah, I think, you know, I would say um, definitely in human resources. I think we have um, we have a small group of individuals who have been working with Lean for a little bit now. Um, so definitely in HR, it's been a large part of how we've responded to COVID. Um, and as an organization, I would say, although we weren't far, we weren't really into our training at that point, um, it was definitely part of what we were trying to do and how we were trying to respond. Um, the town was evaluating process very, very quickly and figuring out how we could serve our customers remotely. Prior to COVID, we actually were just starting to launch work from home. Um, so we weren't quite there yet. And we modernized and moved online very quickly um, in a matter of weeks, really, um, which is pretty incredible considering the size of the municipality and the workforce. And quite frankly, without COVID, it would have taken a lot longer to do that um, for many different reasons, infrastructure and culture and all of those different things. So the other thing to through COVID response, um, which I'm really, really proud of, is that the town and its leadership has really kept people and our core values at the core of the decisions throughout COVID. I've heard it in meetings, I've heard them talking about it, I can see it in the decisions that are being made. And I think when you think about culture and you think about continuous improvement, both of them, they hinge on trust. And if people don't trust what we're trying to do, then we're not going to get that uptake, right? If they don't trust that we're really looking to make their lives a bit easier and make their work more effective so that they can do more good value added work, you're not going to get that buy-in. 
Um, so I think that has been instrumental in our COVID response is really keeping our people and our customers at the core of all the decisions and the choices that we're making as an organization. And to me, that is that is continuous improvement, right? If, if you have that lens, you're, you're making decisions in a way that is going to improve and modernize. So I, th- I do think it has been woven into the way we've responded so far. In terms of where you're going with lean and with continuous improvement, what do you think is in store for the next, obviously it's a difficult question with the year that's in it, but at, at a broad broad spectrum view, what would you expect to see in the next, say 12 to 18 months for the town of Whitby? Yeah, I, you know, we are still heavy into COVID and the response to COVID is going to be that long. I don't think uh, anyone is gonna argue that, but I do see continuous improvement being a really large part of how we redesign our future. Right. Everything from, you know, physical space and locations and workstations to process to teams and how individuals are working and collaborating. I, I think continuous improvement and, you know, having our green belts trained up to help with that. Um, I think it's going to be really instrumental in the redesign of the future of the workforce. Um, so our green belts are actually in their final weeks of training right now and working through their projects. Um, And after that, we'll be coming back together as a team and figuring out and designing what an intake framework for CI projects will look like and what the criteria will be that will help us allocate the appropriate amount of resources and time to execute those projects. From there, I, I see us beefing up the reporting and starting to be able to not only demonstrate, but report on the return on our investment and talk about things like cost avoidance and service delivery improvements and and those sorts of things. Um, And then very soon in the near future, training all staff, likely um, between, I would say a white and yellow belt somewhere in that space, really to get that culture swing, right? So really to, to give that frontline and all staff the skills and the knowledge to swing up that participation and lean and start getting those incremental changes rolling um, empowering people to improve service, improve quality, and make the adjustments to how they're doing work on a day-to-day basis, right? And and really seeing that. And I think once you get that happening, where it's just the way they're doing their work, they're always looking at those things. They're always making those minor adjustments and collaborating on what effects that has downstream and upstream. I think that's when you have CI culture. And I think that's when you have a successful program. So I think in the next 12 to 18 months, really focusing on that, what does WIPI look like? in the future post COVID and how do we take in the work that's going to come and allocate resources. I would love to see that in the next 12 to 18 months. And then hopefully after that, we'll see that culture swing. Well, it sounds like a very exciting time for you all over there. Yeah, for sure it is. Well, I think I've touched on everything I wanted to speak about, but is there anything that you'd like to bring up or anything you'd like to mention that we didn't get to speak about yet? Um, I don't think so. I think, you know, like I said, the most important thing I would highlight is like any organizational change and continuous improvement can't be done in isolation. It does need to be done by an organization. I mean, it's so important to have the right culture. It is just so important because you can drop any programs. Um, they could be world-class programs. If you don't have the right culture, your organization will chew it up and spit it out, right? For lack of a better term. So I think understanding if, if this is the program you want to implement what needs to be in place first, right? What is the system around that? What are the behaviors people have? What are the skills they have? 
that that's going to self-sustain and that's actually going to do what you want. I, I, I think if you can figure that out in your organization, then you're, you know, 10 steps ahead right out of the gate. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Lisa. It was fascinating to chat to you today and really appreciate you sharing all your insight and your experience with our listeners. Well, thanks for having me. This was fun. Leading Edge Group provides lean training and consulting support for local government organisations to establish a continuous improvement culture and enable increased customer employee satisfaction, enhanced quality of service and cost savings and avoidance, amongst other improvements. Visit leadingedgegroup.com to learn more about our services. This podcast was produced by Clodagh Z. McCarthy for the Leading Edge Group.